Welcome to the College and Career Sunday School Podcast for the First Church of the Nazarene in Highland, Indiana. These lessons are geared towards young adults between 18 and 28, but the truth taught can benefit people from every walk of life. This week, we will be studying a parable about justice and grace. There are many topics in the Bible that are hard to understand. The Trinity comes to mind right away. Another topic that is hard to wrap my mind around is 11th hour salvation. You know what I'm talking about. This is when a person lives a sinful life with no remorse, then shortly before they die, they come to saving faith and go to heaven. Their time after salvation may be minutes, weeks, or even a few years, but they will go to heaven just like a person who was saved as a child. Think about the thief on the cross. He had lived a hard and sinful life. He even mocked Jesus while being punished for his crimes. But before he died, he repented when he said, And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man, man, has done nothing wrong, in Luke 23, 41. He followed that in verse 42 with a simple prayer. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In verse 43, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't say, Sorry, you're too late. He also didn't say, Okay, but you must survive a few more years to prove yourself. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. This is great news for people who have a salvation experience later in life or on their deathbed, but it can be frustrating to those who are trying to live a Christian life. This portion of the Bible also shows that we can't earn our way into heaven. The thief didn't have time to earn his way anywhere. All he had was grace, and grace was enough. What we all need to remember is that all people are unworthy of entering the kingdom. No one is entitled to God's grace just by being human. We are all sinners and deserve to be kept out of heaven. Thank goodness God has the right to show mercy when he wants to. Exodus 33:19 says, And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. God is willing to show grace and mercy to us, but it is not automatic. God's mercy should not be thought of as something we earn by doing good works. Heaven is not a prize, and grace is undeserved by all of us. We must not try and put human views of equity into God's grace. None of us have a right to God's mercy, yet he is free to give it to those whom he sees fit. Let's look at today's parable in Matthew 21 through 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard and going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour he did the same and about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing and he said to them why do you stand here idle all day they said to him because no one has hired us he said to them you go into the vineyard too and when evening came the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman call the laborers and pay them their wages beginning with the last up to the first And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, 
and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? In this parable, Jesus is not talking about labor laws or how we are to treat employees. He is teaching about how the grace of God works. This parable has a landowner. It must have been a large estate because he had to hire a lot of workers and he paid the money each day himself. He would have been influential in the community. The people listening to Jesus would have been familiar with vineyards. Most vineyards would have been planted on the sides of hills and mountains because they could create terraces to support the plants. The harvesting of a vineyard would have taken place in late September, before the rainy season. It had to be completed quickly because once the rain started, the rest of the harvest would have been lost. This is why the landowner went to the marketplace to hire workers for the day. These workers were not needed all year round, but during this hectic time, they were essential. The pay for day laborers was usually a lot less than permanent full-time employees. This was because there were no place to negotiate and there were a lot of people wanting these temporary jobs. This landowner offered them the same pay he would have paid his permanent employees. The first group was happy to take their offered wage and start working, most likely at 6 a.m. At 9 a.m., the landowner went back to the marketplace to hire more people. We don't know if he needed these workers or felt sorry that they weren't working. This time, he didn't tell them how much he would pay. We see this in Matthew 20, verse 4. You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. This group took him up on his offer and went to work. They knew it was three hours into the workday, and they had limited chances of getting work. Verse 5 tells us, Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. This landowner went out at noon and 3 p.m. and hired more workers. In verse 6, we find out he went out about the 11th hour. That would have been one hour before the end of the workday. These workers would have been waiting all day and knew there was no chance to provide for their families. The landowner asked why they weren't working, and they said that no one hired them. They might have been older or less qualified, yet the landowner hired them. Once again, he promised to pay them what was right. At the end of the day, the landowner told his steward to pay the laborers in reverse order. This means the workers at the front of the line had worked one hour, and those at the end had worked 12 hours. The first workers received one denarius. That is what the first workers had agreed to, and it was way above what a day laborer would normally receive. All of the workers would have been excited. If the last workers got that much, how much more will the workers get who toiled all day? Verses 10 through 12 says, Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. Do you think this was fair? He paid them what was promised, didn't he? It was more than any day laborer would expect to earn, and it was what they agreed to be paid. The workers grumbled, probably under their breath. The landowner heard them complaining and responded, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. 
Do you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? These men were jealous. They resented being paid the same as the men who worked for one hour. But we must remember, they agreed to work for a denarius at the beginning of the day. When they first started working, they were happy with the wage that was promised and willingly went into the vineyard to work. What changed their mood? They felt the men who were hired later were less deserving of a full day's pay. They believed they were being mistreated because the landowner was being generous. They didn't want everyone to receive the same pay. They wanted more pay for the more work they did. Of course, the 11th hour workers were happy. They knew how gracious the landowner was and that they didn't deserve the payment they received. This parable is bookended by a proverb being repeated. Matthew 19.30 says, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. And Matthew 20.16 says, So the last will be first, and the first last. An echo of this proverb is included within the parable. Matthew 28 says, And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. This isn't the only time Jesus uses this parable while teaching. We find it in Luke 13.30 and Matthew 10.31. How is it possible for the first to be last and the last to be first? If this was a race of some sort, the only way this would be possible is if everyone finished the race at the same time. Jesus is saying that those hired last got the exact same pay as those hired first. All of the workers got the same payment from the landowner. So what was Jesus trying to teach us? Jesus was trying to show us a picture of God's grace. All sinners are unworthy and God can never run out of grace. This means that all believers will receive God's infinite mercy and grace, even though none of us deserve it. We must remember that the dying thief who turned to Jesus is in heaven right now. He is there with Peter, James, and John. They actually served Jesus, yet he is treated the same way. We are all able to be just as lucky. If we wanted to break the parable down into its symbolic parts, this is what we would learn. Landowner was God. Vineyard, kingdom of God. Laborers, believers. Day of work is a lifetime. Evening is eternity. The steward might be Jesus, that is unclear. The denarius is eternal life. We must remember that the pay was not something the workers actually earned. They weren't given the minimum wage or even a fair wage. They were given a reward larger than a day worker would ever expect. The main point of the parable is that if you are a believer, you will receive the full benefits of God's grace, just like all other sinners that enter the kingdom of heaven. Forgiveness is not measured by the good deeds we do in this lifetime. Also, part of our forgiveness is not withheld if we wait too long to turn to Jesus. Everyone who turns to Jesus will get the full reward in eternity. It doesn't matter if you accept him as a child and live a long life or accept him moments before your death. You will enter eternity, just like all the other believers. If you still believe this isn't fair, let me remind you, none of us deserve God's grace and forgiveness. If Jesus had not come to earth as a man and had not become the perfect sacrifice, none of us would be entering eternity at all. We can never get there on our own because we could never earn our way with God's with good deeds or a perfect life.
Why did Jesus teach this parable? If we read the passage before this parable, we see that Jesus had just spoken with the rich young ruler. He had told him he needed to sell all his possessions, give it to the poor, and follow him. That sacrifice was too big for the ruler to make, and he walked away, defeated. Jesus wasn't telling him that he couldn't get into heaven because he was rich. Jesus was showing that he loved his possessions more than he loved God. He had made an idol out of his possessions, and that violates the first and second commandments. The disciples were shocked and asked in Matthew 19.25, Who then can be saved? And Jesus' response was, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. As they were thinking about how to get into the kingdom, they must have been thinking about their own hearts and their own chance to enter the kingdom of God. They knew they had given up everything in order to follow Jesus, but they still wanted some reassurance that they were destined for heaven. We can think of the disciples as the 6 a.m. workers in the parable. They were the first ones he called and were closely by his side during his earthly ministry. All of them, except Judas, would continue to live their lives in the spreading of the gospel. They were very human, and they wanted to know what their reward would be. They probably thought that they would get something special because they were the first and closest of Jesus' followers. They knew Jesus was the Messiah, but they also thought Jesus would rule an earthly kingdom. We know this was not true, but even after his death and resurrection, they expected a quick return. Let's look at Peter's question and Jesus' response in verses 27 to 30. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly, I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will have followed me, will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or fathers, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Jesus tells them they will receive a great reward, but he also says that others will receive an equally great reward. He lifted them up and put them in their place at the same time. And just like us, they didn't learn the lesson the first time. Jesus shows them that all that follow will receive the same reward. Yet in Matthew 20, 20 to 21, we see, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him and her sons, and kneeling before him, he asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Although it was their mother asking, they were there, and that means they also wanted a special place. We see in a later verse that all the disciples were upset about this request. Most likely they wanted the seat of honor too. We see that even the twelve couldn't accept their role in the kingdom. When they were in the upper room, while Jesus was breaking bread with them, they were arguing about who would be considered the greatest. Even the disciples took a while to learn that Jesus' lesson was teaching. This parable also has additional applications. The first application is that salvation cannot be earned. It is a gift from God and by His grace, not something we have done. The second application is that God's grace is equal to everyone who follows Jesus. It doesn't matter what type of sin He saved you out of. His grace is sufficient to cover it. It also doesn't matter how long you were a Christian, as long as you were following Jesus when you died. It didn't matter if it had been moments or years. 
Elsewhere in scripture, the Bible talks about rewards, but this parable's focus is on the eternal life we will receive when we follow Jesus. Heaven is not a reward that we can earn by our labors. It is a gift from God given to those who believe. A third application of the parable is that it is God who starts the salvation process. In the parable, the landowner went looking for workers. God does the seeking and saving. That is why we shouldn't complain if those saved at the end of their life or after a long life of sin are also accepted into the kingdom. We also see that God calls sinners. He brought workers into the vineyard. He didn't look for people who thought they had what they needed. He can't call those who don't recognize that they are sinners. The landowner called those looking for work. They knew they needed help. A question I've always wondered is why didn't the landowner hire everyone at the beginning of the day? If all these people wanted to work, why not hire them at the same time? We don't know why God waits to call some. God is sovereign. He determines when and whom he will call into his kingdom. But they must want to be called. Their willingness to work or be saved is a result of God's grace, not the cause of God's grace. Another application is that God keeps his promises. The landowner promised the first group a denarius as a wage and the other workers what was fair. In the end, he paid everyone what was promised, which was much more than they were entitled to. God also gives more than we deserve. The only thing we deserve is eternal damnation. Anything else God gives us is because of his grace and love. Because we all deserve to go to hell, we shouldn't begrudge those who have received God's grace later. That could have been us, except for the grace of God. The final application is that God is gracious, so we should always be celebrating his grace. There will always be a person who worked harder than us, worked longer than us, and suffered harder trials than us. Just like there are those who worked less than us, shorter than us, and had fewer trials than us. But God's grace is for all sinners. We should continually be thankful that we have received God's grace and will enter the kingdom when our time on this earth is through. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a wonderful and gracious Father, and I want to start by thanking you for bringing me into your family and choosing me as a daughter. Please be with those listening to this message. If they have not accepted your Son as their Savior, please fill them with your Spirit and change their heart. If they are a faithful servant of Jesus, help them know your will in their life and let them live a life that brings glory to you. We thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our lesson today. If you liked what you heard, share it with someone in your life and don't forget to subscribe. Then it will automatically be downloaded to your favorite device when a new episode is available. Mm-hmm.